Welcome to the Financial Liberty Podcast. Until you wake up from the American dream, financial uncertainty will be your American reality. Join Sam Legaspi and Ko Sukamoto and their guest as they explore how you can attain financial liberty by uncovering truths that have been kept secret for decades. Have you ever played a game and didn't know the rules? How can you ever win? Learn the rules to the game and in turn, learn how to win. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Financial Liberty Project with Sam Legaspi and Ko Sukamoto. Today, I don't know what we're talking about. So we're going we're gonna to ask the guys what we're talking about and basically consider this a live podcast. Shall we start? We shall start. All right. What are we talking about today, guys? All right. Hey, guys. Uh, you know, this is Sam Legaspi, and uh, right in front of me is my right-hand man, Kose Sukamoto. <laughs> also known as Tokyo Joe. Tokyo Joe, he's back. How's it going, Kose? Great. Uh, how you doing? Well, you know, we're back, and this is, um, you know, we had our intro shows over the past couple podcasts, and, uh, you know, we wanted to go ahead and talk about something that was really interesting, and I think, in my opinion, it's going to be, um, you know, today's going to be probably and possibly one of the greatest show shows ever in podcast and radio history. And, uh, you know, what we wanted to do is, is really talk about the, uh, and introduce the seven rules to financial liberty. And it's really part of our whole mantra as to what we do when we meet with people, we, we speak with them and we hand out the seven rules to financial liberty. And, and because there's so many rules, I mean, seven, let's count them. Seven. Seven's a good number. Seven's a good number. Wonders of the world. That's why we need 217. We could have chose 777 goes. That's a lot of rules. Those yeah. are rules that apply to another place called Vegas. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Let's look. Yeah, seven, seven, seven. But no, these are the seven rules of financial liberty. And like I said, folks, we go out, we hand out these documents, and we basically say, if you follow these rules, and uh, there should be no reasons as to why you shouldn't wake up one day and not have to worry about money, but you have to apply the rules. So today we're going to talk about the first two rules because we only have time to talk about the first two rules. But first, Coz, I got a story for you. Shoot. All right. Let's hear it. So years ago, and you know this story, but years ago, a, uh, I was a relative newbie in this industry, right? And I remember helping a single parent, and she had two kids, single mom, she had two kids, and she was uh, working at a you know, small little printing company, and she was struggling financially, I remember that. And, uh, but one thing that she did religiously, constantly, was continuously keep putting money aside in her retirement account at work. And that was great that her company actually did provide a retirement account for her because as we know today, not many small companies do. So she did that for a good 20 plus years. So I got a question for you, Coz. Um, you know, how in the world that after 20 years of putting money aside, how in the world has her $200,000, because that's what we found out she put in over the past 20 years when we did an accounting, how in the world did this $200,000 of contributions over a little over 20 years, how did it turn into $1.7 million today? As far as I recall, I think she robbed a bank, right? No. No, no? no okay. She, no, that's, wrong. that's no, a wrong person. She was person. a good citizen. Okay. Yeah. No, no, she, she was a good one. <laughs> so how, how did, how did 200000 grow to over $1 million in a lifetime? 1.7 you know, in very, 20 years. Yeah. Very simple rule. And today's show is about rules. So... That rule is called the rule of 72, not 71, not 73, not anything else. We won't go to some other numbers that might raise some eyebrows. We're going to just stay with the rule of 72, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Well, what is the rule of 72, Sam? Well, I'm just trying to figure out what in the world. I'm, I'm still kind of bewildered as, as to what type of rule would actually raise your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that, that would be a whole other show. That's a different <laughs> podcast, man. That's a different podcast. <laughs> 
maybe right. somewhere in Vegas, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> boom. Yikes. That's all I can say is boom. Back yeah. to 72. Back to 72, goes. What is the rule of 72? The rule of 72 is simply the rule of how quickly money doubles at a given interest rate. So all you do, ladies and gentlemen, is take the, the number 72 and divide that by an interest rate that you think is a reasonable rate of return that you can get in the market. And the result will be the number of years that money will take to double at that interest rate. So for example, let's just say you can earn money at 10% consistently over the long term. You take 72, divide it by 10, which is the interest rate, and the result is 7.2 years. So uh, it basically tells you that um, if you have money invested at 10% a year consistently for the long term, you'll be able to uh, double your money in about seven years. So let's just take an example. $100,000, you're sitting on $100,000 and you put it in something that just consistently gives you a 10% rate of return for, for the long term. Then it will take seven years for that money to grow to 200000 And you continue that process, just let it keep growing at the same rate of interest, and that 200000 will take another seven years to grow to what? 400000 and then 800000 and then $1.6 million, and then $3.2 million. So the whole key is... How, how you apply the Rule 72 in your life is to start as young as possible and, and try to get as many doubles as you can. Obviously, if you start very young, you'll have more doubles than if, let's say, you started when you're you know, 30 or 40 years old. Uh, I'll give you an example. My, I always like to talk about my daughter who just turned 17, but uh, she understands the Rule 72 in, in her own 17-year-old way. But as I'm driving places, I ask her to explain the rule to me, and she's getting better and better explaining it. But she's now beginning to understand how it applies. But, you know, in her case, she, uh, you know, she knows that her job is to get to $100,000. It doesn't matter if it's 100000 or 50000 or whatever thousand. Just get some number in mind so that at the earliest age you possibly can, you have saved up that money. In her case, it's 100000 so that with that hundred thousand, she'll know how many times it'll double before she gets to her retirement age. Yeah, and you know the the one thing about the rule of seventy two, which is really important, I think you you keyed in on this because was the it's the last two or three doubles. It's when so you know okay, let's just say you save fifty thousand dollars and uh, it doubles to a hundred, hundred doubles to two hundred. That's great, but it's when two to, doubles to four. And four goes to eight. And the last two, the last two doubles is when you're in your 50s or 60s is when eight turns into 1.6 and 1.6 turns into 3.2. And if you're lucky enough and you've been doing this and you've been uh, you've been doing this for quite a while is when 3.2 turns into 6.4. And that's it, it, that's our, you know, it just becomes really, really, really fun. And it's, it's the reason why it's the number one part is the number one rule when it comes to the seven rules of financial liberty is most people we know don't know the rule of 72. And it's interesting, not even professors understand, math, mathematicians, they don't necessarily understand the rule of 72. Um, we bring it up to them and they kind of like have that glazed donut look over their face and say, whoa, okay, yeah, I got that. And they start making something into more of a scientific mathematical equation. Right. And you it's know, really simple. Right. It's very simple. And, you know, who, who's going to get excited about a math equation? But it's when the person begins to understand, Sam, how, how they can apply it to their own personal life. And how they can use that at an early age to project out where they're going to be, and that's that's the part that's exciting. And you know, my, my daughter always laughs at me because I'm always saying, "Hey, how can I connect with you know the the younger generation? How can I get their attention 
to help them understand how important it is to manage money the right way, to have the, the right mindset, to have their money values correct. And she's, she laughs at me, goes, don't even try, Dad. You'll never get to them. They're just simply not interested. But on the other hand, she herself is interested in the rule of 72, and she's interested in applying it to her own life as a 17-year-old. So now if she's out catting, let's say she's catting for a, a, a group of golfers, and they give her a tip, and she comes home with $150, she's now of the mindset. She actually literally says, Dad, I'm going to keep $20 to go buy myself some makeup. And then the, the rest of it, go ahead and put it in my retirement. 17-year-old kid understanding that simply because she understands the power, of, uh, the, the power of the rule of 72. That's inspirational. I think she's found that inspiration. You know, one, one exercise that you can do, um, and, and this is, you know, I, I seldom bring my kids into this equation, but uh, when, I, when I mess with them and, and I help them understand, you got to remember there's six of them. So there's a gang of six ganging up on me saying I'm wrong, right? Just messing with me. That's really what they're trying to do. Have them come talk to Uncle uh, Coe's. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, 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 I'll tell you. So what I did, what I did is I said, hey, here's a little exercise for you. You know, get a dollar, start on Monday, and then on Tuesday, take that dollar and put down $2, okay? And then on Wednesday, make that $2 and double it and make it four, okay? And then on Thursday, that four goes into eight. Eight turns into 16, and then how much money do you have? So what we, you know, unfortunately, we live in a culture where immediate gratification needs to kick in, and that's why a lot of people don't really care to hear about the rule of 72 because, oh, my gosh, you got to wait 10 years for my money to double <laughs> or seven years for my money to double. I, I, you know, I, that's way too long. But when you start playing some games that are that are within reach and feasible and, and it helps with the mind and, and it allows the mind to see things a lot clearer, uh, a lot faster, then it allows the individual to actually see that and say, oh, you know what? This does work. It works in the short term. So if the law is that it works in the short term, it should work in the long term. And so that really got through my kids because actually of the six of them, only two did it. <laughs> well, that, And the two, it really worked. That's actually a pretty good ratio. Oh, it worked. Yeah. It worked. They were like, whoa. And after a while, they had this, this look on their face that it was like, hey, this is actually pretty interesting. And you know what, Coz? It's the two of them that are working right now that, and I got all, I got four of the oldest ones mm -hmm. working, but the mm -hmm. two that have been working, they're the ones that are applying this. And, uh, I had one who just came home from school and she says, daddy, I got 500 bucks more. Can you put this away into my account? And like, Oh, okay. So of the 500, um, was that your entire paycheck? She goes, uh, yeah. You know, so she gave me her entire check just to go ahead and put aside. I go, wow, you don't want to put anything away for yourself or just, you know, for fun money? She goes, no, I want this to double. I want it to double. I want it to double. So it works at an early age. Um, but as you and I know, we've hit the road so many times. And we will tell people that are 40s and their 50s and their 60s. And we, we uh, uh, you know, we're, we're blue in the face telling them about the rule of 72. And it's, it's really a simple formula to follow that if you want money to double, money doubles every seven years or whatever, 10 years, just based on the rate that you want to earn during those periods of time. And if you take a look at the housing market, if you take a look at the stock market over a long period of time, you'll see how much, how many times your money would have doubled had you started, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Right. And you can, you know, propagate that. Uh, so if, if you're a person that is in a position to receive an inheritance, let's just say a million dollars, can you imagine uh, if you're, you know, if you're in your 30s to receive a million dollar inheritance, you apply that same rule. I mean, this is, I, I you know, I, I, so far my application to join the Rockefeller family has been denied every time. 
but um, I, I know a thing or two about them. I don't, I don't, th- I think they're one of the families that never, like they never blew their money. They, they just, they, they understand these kinds of things. And so, um, you know, there's no reason why any family that's, that's not part of that can become part of the Rockefeller type of legacy where, you know, you simply propagate inheritances using the rule of 72 and very, very soon, like within, I would say three generations, four generations, you're starting to rival some pretty big families. Absolutely. But, you know, of course, the immediate gratification kicks in. You get that $1 million inheritance, and a good half of it goes away in the first, uh, first right. six months, right? Yep, that's what will happen. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. Again, we go back and we talk about knowing the seven most important rules of personal finance. And if you know the seven most important rules of personal finance, uh, I, I'll tell you, it'll change the game for you. And understanding and, and the insight that you'll have to these new financial paradigms uh, will really open up your eyes and actually create legacies and uh, will get you in a position in life where hopefully you will be able to wake up and not have to worry about money. So any more on the first rule of the seven rules of financial liberty, which is number one for a reason, understanding the rule of 72. I think we covered it pretty good, Sam. And you know, it's pretty simple, right? It's, it's you know, these seven rules that we're talking about over these series of podcasts are rules that are very easy to understand. I think if I would just add one thing to the rule of 72, it's that it's easy to understand it, but it's better to understand it if you can work it out on a sheet of paper with a pen and paper, just just kind of like draw out your own rule of 72 scenario. Yeah, play I mean, with it's, it. It's pretty exciting. So. Play with it. You know, and, and here's the thing is that I used that scenario before. Like I mentioned to you about the dollar. I actually used that rule or that, that scenario, that example, but I used it with pennies. And it didn't work as well. <laughs> I don't know why. Why didn't it work as the well? The power of the dollar. <laughs> Did you, have you, power of the penny. <laughs> have you talked about the 30-day the rule with the penny, though? No, That's, I haven't talked about I wanted to keep it as quick as possible because these kids, are their attention span, they wouldn't do it after about five days. You well, know, I knew for a fact yeah. they wouldn't do it after five days. And that was something that so, impressed upon me when I was younger is I was told, you know, given the question, would you rather have a million dollars in your hand right now or a penny doubled for 30 days? What would you rather have? And I'm like, a million dollars. I mean, a penny doubled for 30 days is nothing. Oh, no. At the end of 30 days, it's over $5 million. Right, And right. so to be able to think about how that how things compound, just like you said, the rule of 72, it's not the same type of compounding. But, you know, for your money to double every seven to 10 years, that's, that is huge. And so, that's, yeah, that that's, leaves an impression. Absolutely. And, you know, the other part, too, is, you know, going back to the rule of 72 is how simple, Coase, how simple of a rule is this to teach in the educational system? easy. I do it while I'm driving. Yeah, I mean, literally. And, and okay. So I, I don't know if we have, if, if we have time for this, but I was over at a, uh, a Verizon store the other day. I ended up doing a seminar on rule 72 <laughs> to the entire sales staff because there was a lull and they were having problems with my account because they were trying to change something and it just wasn't working. So one guy started talking about something and I said, Oh, that's the rule 72. It blossomed into a full on seminar to like the four guys that were working that store one guy got on the phone and called Schwab, like within <laughs> 60 seconds, and he asked to open up a Roth IRA. I mean, I, that's, that's, talk about the power of rule of 72. They got so excited about it. These, these are 20, like 24 to 25 year old kids. Well, I got something for you too. So it's very similar, very similar, except I didn't do a seminar. So I was at the hockey rink, and this was about maybe two, three weeks ago. And um, again, you know, a lot of these dads, they, they knew we had the, the show and stuff. And so they, they said, you know, so what's, I don't know how it came up, but I kept on saying, hey, money doubles every 10 years or money doubles every seven years at a, at a 10% rate. 
And mockingly and sarcastically, they started to say, oh, I guess they talked to Sam because apparently <laughs> money doubles every seven years. And then, uh, and then, you know, what happened is that it's been a, a, like a quiet mantra over the past three weeks is that I've been known as the double doctor. And, <laughs> the rule of Sam. Right, the rule of <laughs> Sam, but the double doctor, right? And, and some people call me, you know, Dr. Double. Dr. And, D. <laughs> and you know what? I, I tell them I actually spoke to, uh, I spoke to one of them on, on Sunday. And I go, you know, in all reality, what's going on is that you're ingraining the rule of 72 in your mind by by making these comments about me. And whether they're in jest or they're for real, there's, you know, that you you're penetrating, you're you're ingraining the, the, uh-huh. the, the concept yeah. Yeah. that money doubles every seven years given a 10 percent rate of return. Right. And and they're like, I mean, the guy goes, absolutely. And as a matter of fact, we we, we have fun with you because we're all a family here. But the reality is, is that we all are in shock how simple it is to double money. And if we only knew this when we were younger in school or in high school or in elementary, and you know, it, it would have been phenomenal because you know, that, that, uh, what, what Eric just talked about, about that penny thing over 30 days, that could easily be taught as a kindergarten or first grade or third grade in the form of toys. Would you like to have a million toys right now? Or would you like to have a toy every day for 30 days? Right. And double it, it, it right. could be done. It's right. so simple to do, but it's just not done. And that's why people listen to our podcast and they've been listening to our radio show for years. And, uh, you know, we've been able, and we're really happy now that, that we've been able to put together a white paper called the seven rules of financial liberty. And if you follow these rules, um, you're going to be on your path to to financial success. But if anything, it opens your eyes because we're opening the paradigm. We're opening the world to do not really a new set of rules, but rules that have always been there. But we're just look, we're just, sh- you know, shedding some light on them. So, hey, Coz, what do you think we move on to the second rule? Let's move on, Sam. OK, the second rule. Again, it starts with a story. So uh, there's this guy. His name's Jerry Jones, and uh, he's the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Right. The story has it that he had a conversation with uh, his then newly drafted signed running back and this guy, number 22, Emmett Smith, legendary Hall of Fame. I don't know if he is in the Hall of Fame, but, uh, you know, he's he's going to be in the Hall of Fame if he's not there yet. But Emmett Smith and uh, he he uh, you know, Emmett had just spent his his money. He had like a, a signing uh, signing bonus, a massive signing bonus. And he just spent one hundred thousand dollars on brand new sports luxury vehicle with the, the new fortune after being one of the picks. And um, and it was interesting is that after he had bought his car, uh, Jerry Jones, you know, the owner of the Cowboys, gave him what Emmett Smith has recited many times, what he believes to be the best advice he had ever received in his entire life. And basically, Jerry Jones said to him, he said, hey, have a big front door and a small back door. Take in as much as you can and spend as little as you can. And there's no question you'll walk away from this game. Very, very, very successful. So simple. Very simple. Another simple yet, rule, right? Almost never followed. Uh, absolutely. And you know what? Here's, here's, here's one of the things I want to talk about is that uh, for all you listeners – and uh, you, you've heard us on, in, in, in our workshops and you've heard us uh, personally speaking to people about this. And it's not always, okay, it's ultimately your fault, but it's not always your fault that you don't follow this particular rule. It's not always your fault that you're spending more money than you're earning. Because the fact is, is that we live in a society today, which is, I, I, I got to tell you, they probably have about maybe 10, 15, 16 degrees of PhDs on how to extract more money from your wallet as much as they possibly can. We have a seminar on this, Coase. We have a seminar 
Uh, it's called the Great American Retirement Crisis, where we discuss in the first 15 minutes the, sociolo the sociological impact, the society's impact on our wallet. And the fact that a lot of these massive department stores and these big cities with lights are created so they can extract as much money as they possibly can. So, for instance, right now, Coase, let's talk about this. So what's the difference? Tell me, what is the difference between the target where you live and the target where I live? I mean, we live miles across, right? We live, we live you know, not just a couple miles, but several miles apart from one another. But why is it your target is different than my target? Demographics. Demographics, right? It's target understanding what what's the demographic demand of every neighborhood. And they're not all the same. And so they will structure their stores, their target stores, to have the things in the right locations within the store so that as the people walk in, they're, they are appealing to that demographic for that particular neighborhood. So what, so, so you walk in, right? Let's take a look at the target. We walk in, there's, a, there's, there's carts and there's a dollar section. Over in my target, where I live, the very first thing that I see is little girls' clothings. Not even little boys or not even women. So I walked into Target in, in the area that I'm in now, and uh, it was women's clothing. Absolutely. Now, now I'm, I'm that, curious. It's a billion-dollar corporation, right? Why in the world wouldn't they would just it, follow why, the same Why model? would it not be the same yeah. no matter where you are? Yeah. Well, it's because the demog demographics in Irvine is different than the one in Huntington Beach where I went to. Absolutely. You walk into Vegas, ladies and gentlemen, the very first thing you see, if you ever, ever, ever look down, you will never see a straight pattern. It's always going to be a pattern that's dialed in to create dizziness. It's got all these funky colors. It's got green. It's got teal. It's got fuchsia. It's swirling left and right because Vegas doesn't want you to keep walking through their casinos with your head down looking at your feet. They want you looking straight up. They don't want you to look in the mirror to see how terrible you look. Well, there's no mirror. Five hours because it's you know five o'clock in the morning. That's the thing is that and there's your no eyes mirror. are sagging. They don't want you to see how how terrible you look. They want you to keep putting dimes, quarters, dollars in the slot machine. Right, and, and that's what I'm saying is that so the carpets are messed up. There is no mirror. There are no mirrors in a casino, and there are no clocks because they don't want you knowing that when you told your significant other that you're just going to go down for about 15 minutes, they don't want you knowing that you just spent five hours at the table. So they don't want you knowing what time it is. That's the ultimate not knowing what time it is. So the reality is, is that corporate America has figured this out. They figured out how to try to extract more money from our pocketbooks by simply strategically putting things in place that we have no idea. And it's interesting. We're walking into so many places and 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 it's 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 pretty amazing if you kind of like maybe think about it for a second. How is this place really structured? To me right now, because well, it's trying to make more it, money off of me. It's structured that way. Okay, so there, it's 24-7, around the clock, figuring out how to extract money from people. So remember, Sam, uh, is like a year or two ago, you texted me on a weekend and said, check this picture out of a billboard. It was actually a bus station, a bu uh, the, the seating area for a bus stop. And the ad said, it pays to borrow. <laughs> Remember that? I still have it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm going to blow it up into a poster board. And it was, it was, it was like a bank advertisement. It was a bank advertisement. A it was it a pays to borrow money to go into debt. But it was a, you're right. It was at a bus stop. It was a big old poster and it was at a university. So it was marketing Appealing to the kids. student demographics. Absolutely. And students need, who needs more money than students? Pretty much nobody. Right. right? So, you know, again, we go back into it. Is it really your fault that you have a very large backdoor uh, as far as 
that came across not very good. Coz is cracking up right now. I think he's dying. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, um, it's the burritos. It's all those burritos, Coz. Edit. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's uh, retake. Okay. If you want to edit that out, we can. <laughs> So, it, I mean, there's no wonder. There's no wonder why the majority of society spends so much money that they're not able to keep the earnings that they've had is that there's a lot of help from society, from corporate America and their massive marketing degrees to try to extract more money from you. But if you understand this rule, if you understand what it is they're trying to do to you, if you're understanding that they have no interest in your retirement, that they have all the interest in your earnings power during the periods of earnings power, which is when you're working and, you know, because in retirement, you're really not necessarily a productive worker. They're just going to go ahead and and uh, and take a lot from your retirement money. But uh, if you understand these rules, you'll be able to make the choices and the decisions to try to get ahead of the game. And that's, again, one of the reasons why we've come out with that white paper, the seven rules of financial liberty. So, you know, you want to have to have a big front door and a small back door, exactly what Jerry Jones said to Emmett Smith and why Emmett Smith is very successful today. Um, outside, you know, right. And I, and I think he is in the hall of fame. Is he not totally I'm confirmed? Sure he is. He's gotta yeah, be. I mean, and gosh, it's been a long know. time. So and I, I'm I'm sure I sound like is. a doofus to a bunch of Dallas Cowboy fans too. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so, you know, one of the things is, is we're constantly as, as we're asked, okay, you know, all right, smart guys, you know, you guys are wise guys. You're talking about the rule of 72. You're talking about, you know, a uh, uh, large front door, big, uh, or small back door. So what, what do you do? I mean, that's great. You're talking about this. So what do you do? And one of the things that you're going to find that we talk about on a regular basis is that one of the key things that you want to start with is one of the areas where corporate America just copy the great, just copy what corporate successful corporations have done. It will be very difficult for you to ever, ever um, find a company that is successful that doesn't have an annual budget that breaks down the costs and the, ex the, the expenses and its income on a regular basis, and they break it down monthly, they break it down quarterly, they break it down semi-annually and annually. And so if it, it works for them, it should work for you. So what we tell people is that you want to be able to put together a budget on a monthly basis that structures the amount of money you bring in versus all your expenses. And by doing so, you will be on the track to making sure that you can wake up and not have to worry about money. It also solves that one problem of having too big of a too big of a front door and and having all that money leave through the You're back door. You're talking about too too big of a of a back door. Yeah, and then having too big of a back door. Yeah. Right, and you know what happens a lot is um, the so let's say a person successfully shrinks the size of the back door, so now now they're in much better cash flow. Um, but what'll happen is creep. Okay, so throughout the months, throughout the, the years that go by, uh, they'll find that, that that door will have a, its own way of, of getting bigger again. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're constantly falling victim to all the advertising, the, the, the pitches, the gimmicks. And so now, you're, you know, now your utility bills are higher because you decided to get another feature for your cell phone. Things come up, you get another gym membership, blah, blah, blah. And so you've got to visit the, um, you know, the uh, the past spending to to be able to characterize uh, what what that creep is and and scale back that creep. You know, well, maybe, absolutely. Maybe, you learn from uh, history every few months. Uh, go through that analysis. But you know what's really cool, Coz? By doing this exercise, I will tell you. By doing this exercise, you will be able to see 
um, how much on the things that 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 are very small and expense in expenditures that actually add up, such as subscriptions. Oh yeah, monthly subscriptions yep. to things. Maybe going out and having lunch with your friends every other, or even going to the driving range and playing golf. And those twelve dollar buckets really oh, add sure. up. Oh sure, oh sure. We we know that one, right, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, personally, you know, here's, here's a here's a classic example, and I think all ages can relate to this. You know, whether you, whatever uh, smartphone you have, but there's all these apps on it. There's always an app store. And somehow, because I was just doing this, I was reviewing, you know, the, the past spending. And uh, I just noticed that there were some recurring charges on Sherry's portion of the phone bill. And what it turned out was, you know, people get Butterfingers and they, they end up, uh, uh, you know, pressing the wrong button and they end up buying an app, not even being aware that they just agreed yeah. to be charged, let's say 13, 14, whatever, whatever, uh, a recurring monthly charge. Yeah. That's why my kid doesn't have my password anymore. That double click on the side of my iPhone when he's playing with it like, uh, uh, no, 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 no. Well, my, for my daughter to get an app on her phone, I have to approve it. So I get, I get a message. Saying, right. Smart of them. It? Smart of them. But you yeah. know, so, so, so finishing up on that topic, I will tell you, is that uh, I remember you and I were speaking to an individual and we were working with their budget and uh, they, they were trying to find, we were telling him, hey, find an extra $1,000 throughout your entire expenses. I'll bet you anything we could find $1,000 easily. easily. And they're like, no way, because I need everything. Everything I make, I, I need it. And it just so happened that we were looking at their at their uh, at their budget that they were able to go ahead and do with some with some poking around by us. Uh, and and we looked at a category travel and uh, expenses as far as like cars. And it was it was abnormally high. And we found out that on a monthly basis, they were spending anywhere between four hundred fifty to seven hundred dollars in toll fees and toll booths taking the toll road. And it was really interesting is that. I asked the guy, I guess, so, hey, you use this, uh, this, this uh, map GPS called Waze, right? It actually tells you how, how, uh, how fast you'll get there if you use the toll road versus if you use the regular road. And it would just save him one minute by using the toll road. And the thing that got him the most was the fact that he's, here, here he is spending $500. He's spending $500 you know, on the average a month on toll road. It's only going um, to save him a minute every time he uses it. But at the same time, at the same time, we realized why in the world he was using it so much. He was using it so much because he lived right next to a toll road. And it was hard for him to pass up the toll road mm -hmm. to go to work. Right. It's interesting. So we were able to find an extra $1,000 starting with the toll road. And it was, it, it, we have a campaign. It's called the Find the Money Campaign. And Find the Money Campaign is, is to be able to go ahead and find money throughout your, throughout your monthly budget. And uh, in, in, what, 90 Ninety percent of the the cases that we come into, we're able to go ahead and find money, just newfound money that's just laying there that uh, you know from from expenses that you don't necessarily need. So going back to rule number two, um, having a big front door, and in, in other words, allowing all the money to come through, and having a small back door, is just really keeping all that money for yourself. So you would you could allow the rule of seventy two to be applied if you were to utilize it properly and strategically. So um, I think that's really it. We're coming up to a to the close, right, Eric? Yeah, absolutely. No, guys, this this is fantastic. Uh, I do want to ask a couple questions. Uh, number one, you you talk you spoke about the white paper that you have. Where can we find that? Where can somebody who's listening to this? Where can they get that white paper? Well, th that's going to be on our website, thefinancialLibertyProject.com, and it's it's available for a download, and uh, that's going to be coming to a uh, a nation 
We're really close. <laughs> so, Canada? Is it going to Canada? <laughs> eloquently put, Sam. <laughs> All right, Canadians that are you, listening. To a yeah. nation near you. What are you, a nationalist? That's, yeah, that's right. 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 All right, so they can get that from the they can get that from the website. And then the the, the last thing you spoke about, what was it called? It was the the Find Money Challenge. What was it? Find the Money Campaign. Find the Money Campaign. How do they get involved with that? Yeah, by doing the same thing, you know, by by uh, uh, what we have a, a link to our website and also contacting us through our eight hundred number. And our 800 number is 800-640-8105, 800-640-8105. And it is the New Year's, and uh, most people are looking at those bills coming in from the holidays. So this might be a really good time to reach out to Salmon Coast and say, hey, I need you to find me some money <laughs> as soon as you possibly can. And I'm not Canadian. Is that okay? Uh, because, you know, the nation near us is, is going to get the white paper and the rest of you get <laughs> the other stuff. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for your time today. This was a fantastic podcast. Welcome. We enjoy it. Oh, awesome. So we'll see you next time. All right. And thank you all for listening to the Financial Liberty Project podcast with Sam Legaspi and Ko Sukumoto. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, which probably not because this is one of the first ones, but you're getting on the ground floor of something amazing, click that subscribe now button below. This way, when Sam and Co's come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This will make it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at the Financial Liberty Project, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. It's that time again where the call of the open road makes its way. We hope good fortune finds you on your own personal road. And until next time, we thank you for listening to the Financial Liberty Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.